This is the story of a big effort to save a very small insect from extinction. It's easily one of the most endangered species on this planet. They're basically tiny little green things on green grass, and they're almost impossible to find even when you know where they're supposed to be. You're listening to Nature Talks, the Nature Conservancy of Canada podcast. Fascinating stories about nature, why we need it in our lives, and the passionate Canadians helping to protect it. I'm Tiffany Cassidy. This is episode six, The Mystery of the Disappearing Butterfly. It's springtime in Manitoba's tall grass prairie, about an hour southeast of Winnipeg. It's too early in the year to hear any birds. Snowbanks are under our feet. And it's what could be underneath the snowbanks that's interesting. I'm helping to look for evidence of a creature so elusive, it's rarer than a giant panda. It's easily one of the most endangered species on this planet. I'm walking with Carrie Hamill, a conservation director for the Nature Conservancy of Canada, the group caring for this tall grass prairie. And he spends more time than just about anyone thinking about the Powashik skipperling. Never heard of it? No wonder. It's a little butterfly about the size of a dollar coin. It's not flashy, dull brown on top, a little orange on the sides, and fuzzy all over. But there are fewer than 500 left in the world. And this is the Powashik's last stand. It's just absolutely collapsed across its range, uh, so much so that it's uh, left in only one spot in Canada at the uh, Tallgrass Prairie Preserve in Manitoba and just a handful of sites in Michigan. Carrie is a butterfly detective. He's overseeing a major research project to determine why the Powashik skipperling has disappeared dramatically in just the last two decades. Is it a shifting climate that's changing the the habitat in the wintertime? Is it new um, changes on the landscape, changing water flow, uh, new chemicals being used? Uh, We're not quite sure, but we're working with a a great team of people in Canada and the United States to to work through these research questions. And uh, and we're trying to quickly learn as fast as we can so that we can save the species. He means save it before extinction. Carrie's struggling to discover more than just the basic facts. Like, why does this highly endangered butterfly prefer this small plot right next to a major road? At the uh, Tallgrass Prairie Preserve, there's uh, several thousand hectares of of endangered tallgrass prairie, but this butterfly is using like 1% of it. And why they're not using the other 99%, we do not know. Um, Is it missing a key grass that they need in their life cycle? Is it um, not enough of of the flower they like? Is there something going on with the water table, um, snow depth? We don't know. It's, it's lots of stuff to figure out. <laughs> Tallgrass Prairie is special. These seas of grass once flourished through Central North America from Texas to Manitoba. Landscapes dominated by big blue stem and switchgrass, standing as high as two meters. Today, 99% of Manitoba's tallgrass prairie landscape is gone to development, and the Powashik skipperling has gone along with it. 
of all the grassland types in North America, it's been the most affected. It's got um, rich, deep soils, um, great farmland. It's, uh, it's, it's where a lot of our food comes from. The Nature Conservancy of Canada is working to protect tall grass prairie habitat in this corner of Manitoba. But it may not be enough for the Powashik skipperling. Even on conserved land, its behavior is baffling. Today, we're looking under the snowbanks for clues. The Powashik has a one-year life cycle. Caterpillars hibernate through the winter, hanging onto blades of grass buried under the snow. If the snow holds clues about the butterfly's fate, Carrie is determined to unlock them. And it's just trying to understand that winter environment, something that um, ecologists don't think about a lot. It's, it's winter half the year in Manitoba. Okay, so we're in another Powashik skipperling site here. And what's really neat about this site is um, it has multiple endangered species literally at our feet. It actually makes me a bit cautious even walking around. Dozens of species we don't even know about yet that depend on prairie. Uh, snails and, and spiders and all kinds of cool things. So it's, um, what we really focus on this butterfly and conserving it, it's really a bit of an indicator for the overall health of the, of the habitat. So keeping it around, um, the fact it's still here is a good sign that this ecosystem is still doing okay at this spot, at the Tallgrass Prairie Preserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are poles out in the field ahead of us. On top of the poles sit devices that record and collect the temperature and humidity readings under the snow. Carrie heads out into the field to collect the data, watching his step. I stay put so I can't squish caterpillars. He walks just as carefully back and reads his findings off his phone. You can see graphed out over the whole last six months is the humidity and the temperature. Above the snow, the humidity is all over the place from 30% way down to, to low digits, temperature down to minus 40 Celsius and up to, you know, plus three, plus fours during the winter. So uh, a Powashik under the snow, really stable humidity, stable temperature, pretty warm, exposed to the snow, quite a different story. If they're overwintering, that's kind of what's protecting them. Uh, that's our That's our presumption. I, I wouldn't... Um, we don't know enough about the species to fully understand what its key, um, and what it really needs to survive, but we're starting to gain a better understanding, and this is just part of that. But an important part. The clues Carrie has collected are critical to the next phase of the plan to save the Powashik. Armed with his field research, a team in Winnipeg plans to give the little butterfly a boost in the lab, something that's never been tried before. That's after the break. The Nature Conservancy of Canada is a national charity. We protect important natural areas for the species that need them. Species from Powashik skipperlings to humans. Canada has plenty of other pollinators. How much do you know about them? Test your knowledge and learn more about this work at natureconservancy.ca slash podcast. That website is nature, C-O-N-S-E-R, V-A-N-C-Y dot C-A. The tiny Powashik skipperling needs help. Researchers in the field are racing to learn enough about the butterfly before it disappears altogether. 
now a team at Winnipeg's Assiniboine Park Zoo, along with colleagues from the Minnesota Zoo, is trying a different approach, captive rearing. That means trying to raise the adult butterflies from eggs in a safe facility, and then releasing them into the wild. So I head to Winnipeg to meet the person leading the project. I'm CJ Brighter, and I am the project manager for the Grassland Butterfly Conservation Program at Assiniboine Park Zoo. CJ's keeping caterpillars in her freezer, and this freezer is in a secure facility behind a locked door. So we're just walking into a back area of the Leatherdale International Polar Bear Conservation Center, and this is where we keep our incubator for uh, overwintering butterflies. So in this freezer, before I open it, it has to stay at minus four um, degrees Celsius. So I'll do a quick open. I can't see the caterpillars. They're wrapped in paper towel and standing upright in small plastic cups. But I'm still one of the few people in the world to ever get this close. And then are just kept here in the dark until springtime. CJ doesn't let the freezer stay open for long. She's trying to mimic the temperature and humidity readings that Carrie has recorded in field studies. Last summer, CJ and her team caught two female Powasheek skipperlings at Nature Conservancy of Canada sites in Manitoba's Tall Grass Prairie Preserve. The butterflies laid eggs in the facility, each about the size of a pinhead. CJ's team released the butterflies back into the wild. 55 eggs yielded six caterpillars. It was a project designed for the best chance of success. They're basically tiny little green things on green grass, and they're almost impossible to find even when you know where they're supposed to be. In the wild, survival rates are thought to be very low. So low that here in the lab, an international panel of experts agreed that a 3% survival rate in captivity would be considered a success. They will be thrilled if just two adult butterflies emerge to be released this summer. It sounds low, but it's an ambitious target to give the Powashik skipperlings a boost. And as the saying goes, failure isn't really an option. It's gotten so low that if we don't do something now, Basically, they won't be left on the landscape in a few years is the prediction. So we wanted to um, start working on it as soon as we could to try and get the population kind of rebounding if possible. And also learning more about other grassland butterfly species at the same time, because most grassland species are experiencing the same population declines across their ranges. CJ explains why it matters to study and protect a small brown butterfly. Butterflies are usually known to be good bioindicators because they're one of the first species that react to environmental changes. Um, so there, there's different research about climate change and changing uh, species ranges, and butterflies are one of the first ones that are going to move into new Uh, environments that they never used to be found in um, when there's changing temperatures and um, different kind of weather patterns as well. That's why CJ's so passionate about her research. We still don't know how successful this research will be, 
Will they meet that ambitious target of two butterflies surviving captive rearing? Back at the Tallgrass Prairie Preserve, Carrie's preparing for further research and thinking about why this work matters. All the parts of the puzzle in an ecosystem are potentially key. If we have a chance to conserve it, uh, we have a duty to do that. Um, But even if it does slip away, and there's a chance it will, it's, again, one of the most endangered species on the planet. Um, We're hoping the lessons that we learn with this butterfly, we can apply to some of these other species before it's too late for them. A few months later, I get a note from Manitoba. Results are in for the captive rearing research. And how many survived into adult butterflies? And it sounds like good news. So I ask Laura Burns to give me a call. Laura's now managing the zoo's program. CJ's away for a year to take care of a human baby. Hi, Laura. Hi. Um, so congratulations on all the butterflies. That's so exciting. It is really exciting. So how many came out? Uh, six. Wasn't it two that was the goal? Yeah, so we our metric for success is 3% from egg. So... I'm not even sure what's three percent of fifty-five, like one and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, tripled our goal for the first year, which is really great. And this year we're expanding, so hopefully we'll have more to release next year. That's so exciting! How did yeah. it feel to watch them? Uh, it felt really surreal. <laughs> There's been two years of planning going into that moment, so it was kind of. Um, unreal that it was happening. Uh, It felt really good, though, too, and very, um, I don't know, so I've been working as a conservation biologist for a while, and it's definitely one of the better moments from my career. You feel like you're actually tangibly changing something and helping the ecosystem. The Nature Conservancy of Canada does amazing things, like helping to protect species at risk of extinction. This work is only possible because generous people like you donate. If you would like to support this work, go to natureconservancy.ca slash podcast and click on the big orange donate button. All amounts make a difference. Like what you heard on our podcast? Subscribe to future episodes on your favorite app. Give us a tweet using the hashtag NatureTalksPodcast, share it with a friend, or email us at podcast at natureconservancy.ca. Are you looking to explore the amazing places we talk about on this podcast? Go to natureconservancy.ca slash podcast to see our sites that you can visit. Next time, we're going on a drive to find turtles, and we'll meet a citizen scientist who's part of efforts to recover them from troubling low numbers in Quebec. Thanks to CJ Brighter, Laura Burns, and their team for helping us to tell this story. Thanks to Kerry Hamill for sharing his expertise, and everyone at the Nature Conservancy of Canada who put this together. And thanks to Pop-Up Podcasting. Some of the birds you heard were from the Macaulay Library at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, from recordist Jeffrey A. Keller. Our banjo theme music is by Manitoba's own Carly Dow. She helps protect habitat with the Nature Conservancy of Canada and also creates great music. Find her at carlydowmusic.com. I'm Tiffany Cassidy. Thanks for listening.